This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. L-A-S-I-K. LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hello, this is Let's Talk About Myths, baby! And I am your host, Liv, here with another fun and fascinating after-show episode dedicated to breaking down the mythological references and characters in Q-Code's podcast, Cupid. I am so loving these episodes of Cupid and the chance to look at these little bits of mythology, characters, references, ideas that, sure, I've covered in immense detail in past episodes of the podcast, but here I just get to share the fun little bits and pieces, and hopefully introduce a ton of new people to the absolute wonder that is Greek mythology. Particularly just how wonderful it is when you dive as deep as I do. So speaking of, as usual, if you're an existing listener of mine, have a listen to Cupid. Not only is it fun, but it'll make these bonus episodes even more exciting. And if you're a listener of Cupid, here for more mythology, hi, welcome. Greek mythology is a thrill in addition to being fascinating and a piece of history. This is the bonus Cupid after show. Furious Furies and Tartarian... Well, Tartarus. Well, 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 
last week we had some big reveals, and honestly I didn't want to give all the content away in just that one episode, so I thought I'd wait until this week to talk about Hades. Except, well, then I was proven wrong about something that I went on and on about last week, so let's also talk more about the Furies. Last week, we met Hades' three dogs while he was still disguised as a mortal, and thus, so were the dogs. I assumed they were going to be Cerberus, and frankly, I still think they should have been Cerberus, especially with the lulling them to sleep reference. I don't know, maybe they're both, and it's just not said. But then, I didn't write the show, I just got to talk to you all about the mythology in it. So I'm glad I went on and on about Cerberus last week because he's a vital part of the underworld, Hades' realm, he is that guardian, and he deserves to be talked about, particularly because he had a mane of snakes. No one ever talks about the mane of snakes. But this week's reveal, that it was actually the Furies all along, is just a good excuse for me to tell you more about the Furies. So, the Furies, originally known in the ancient Greek as the Erenoes, were three female deities whose job it was to punish. On Earth, they mainly concerned themselves with punishing those who committed crimes against their family members, particularly murder, but they also played an important role in the underworld, one that, the details of which I've just learned as I researched for this episode, actually, like, even I can learn something new about mythology. That is how much there is to know. So, the Furies were Chthonic deities. That is, deities of the Earth, of the Underworld. They worked for Hades and Persephone, that king and queen of the Underworld. They did their bidding. Specifically, they guarded the so-called Dungeon of the Damned. Now, this term does seem to be a somewhat late idea, but the idea is maybe a bit older. It is in sources like Plato just not ancient Greek mythological sources. It's more just an understanding of the underworld in a practical way, or I guess as practical as one can get when talking about the underworld. But it appears to have been a really popular idea later in the writings of imperial Roman authors. In that dungeon of the damned, deep in the Tartarus we also heard so much about in yesterday's episode of Cupid, some of the most horrible punishments took place. The most horrible of criminals were punished in that dungeon in Tartarus. The underworld is a fascinating place because, very importantly, it isn't like the hell of Christianity. It's just where you go when you die. I'll get more into it, but that's important. Tartarus, meanwhile, that deep pit within the underworld, is a bit more like that Christian idea. It's where the worst of the worst were locked away, kept far away from the standard dead. There, these three furies, Electo, Magira, and Tisiphone, kept watch. They watched over the famous Tantalus, a cursed father who fed his son Pelops to the gods just to prove a point. The punishment for which was to forever reach for food and water and never get to it. To be forever tantalized. Don't you love etymology? And then there was Ixion, a creep of all creeps, who tried to assault Hera and whose punishment was being strapped to a flaming wheel for eternity. 
and the giant Titeos who had his liver pecked at by vultures forever, all for his attempts to assault Leto, the mother of Artemis and Apollo. There were the Danaids, 50 women who killed their 50 husbands. Rightfully so, I'd say. Their episode is in the playlist. They were forced to carry water forever, where it would leak out of their amphorae before they got anywhere, and they had to do it all over again. And finally, the oh-so-famous Sisyphus, famed for having to push that boulder up a hill, just for it to roll back down whenever it reached the top. These are the types of people that the Furies, horrifying creatures who vaguely resemble women, but had wings and poisonous snakes wrapped all around their arms and legs, that's what they guarded. And sometimes, yes, they were even depicted as being dog-like. They were terrifying, sure, but the Furies were also seriously incredibly cool and weird and just creepy. Yes, I love them. Can you tell? And now that we're deep in the realm of the dead, those dark pits of Tartarian punishment with those watchful and horrifying furies, let's look at the god of the dead himself, the villain of Q-Code's Cupid, Hades. Hades is an absolutely fascinating character. First, and most nerdily, he has so many names more than most, if not all, of the rest of the gods. His archaic, his extra-ancient name is Idonius, which is where the Hades comes from, because without getting too deep into ancient Greek, they didn't actually have the letter H. Modern Greek doesn't either. What ancient Greek had was breathings, as in certain words would begin with a vowel, like in the case of Hades, A or alpha, and it was just known that before that word you would exhale. So not Hades, but Hades. Did I need to add that lesson in? Absolutely not. But it's super nerdy and cool. So here we are. So he's Hades. He's Idonius. He's Pluto, his cult name. And when we get into the Roman, he's also Dis. Hades is the god of the dead and the king of the underworld, but he's also the god of wealth and riches. And not because they associated that with anything bad or, or deadly, but because of the most beautifully literal reason. Precious metals and stones are found in the earth, and therefore in Hades' underground, underworld realm. He is also, very specifically, not the god of death itself. He's not the god that helps you die or causes it. He's just the god when you're already dead. The god of death is a minor god named Thanatos, and he works with Hades to bring the recently dead to their new lives in the underworld. Like I said earlier, too, Hades has a queen, a goddess named Persephone. And while their origin story is less than ideal, it's told in this archaic poem called the Homeric Hymn to Demeter, Persephone's mother. And as always in these bonus episodes, long story short, Hades abducts Persephone when she's off picking flowers with her friends. Because, you see, she's also the goddess of spring and of flowers. And Hades just 
opened the earth up before Persephone's feet, and he carried her off in his chariot, her screams echoing across the world. But here's the grossest part. When Demeter went searching for her daughter, searching the whole world over, more distraught than you could ever fathom, there was a god who knew exactly what had happened the whole time because he had okayed it. Zeus. Zeus, you see, is Persephone's father, and he gave Hades permission to take her, which made it technically legal, but definitely gross. Eventually, Demeter finds her daughter, and Zeus is forced to allow Persephone to return to her mother for part of the year, and then back to the underworld for the rest. It's not an ideal origin story, but fortunately for Persephone, she absolutely rocks being the queen of the underworld and becomes known as the Dread Goddess. She gains arguably more power even than Hades, who is a generation older, and just to really make you cringe, he's her uncle on both her mother and her father's side. Yeah, just take that one in. But again, Persephone becomes just awesome. She takes on that role and she does it well. She is more feared than he is, more powerful, more generally awesome. So, you know, small consolations. Hades, meanwhile, actually doesn't really feature into any other stories beyond just brief moments when people like Orpheus or Heracles have to come down to the underworld. Otherwise, he's just kind of there, minding his own business. But because he's a god of the dead and the underworld, he tends to feature into modern pop culture as the villain. Just this fear of death or a kind of Christianization of the idea of a god of the underworld. But other than his questionable means of finding a wife, He's a pretty benign god, just kind of hanging out amongst the dead, living his life. But, you know, this introduction to Hades and his underworld realm isn't the only fun bit of mythology that we got in yesterday's episode of Cupid. We also got to see one of my favorite gods, Dionysus, using supernatural snakes. Now, Dionysus is not being particularly chill in this episode. He uses the snakes to subdue poor Scooter Boy. And well, as much as I hate to say it, that is so on brand. For one, Dionysus loves a transformation. I can't even begin to mention all the instances of it. But he also loves punishing people he thinks have wronged him. And he loves uh, snakes. And I suppose any snake is a supernatural snake if it's conjured by a god. Snakes were pretty generally sacred and important in ancient Greece, but they're also specifically associated with Dionysus and his bands of maenads. Those drunken women dancing around, causing trouble, ripping people to shreds. I've mentioned them before. Sometimes Dionysus is even described as wearing a serpent crown. Ugh, serpent crown. If I could make enough of a sound to show my shudder, I'd be doing it right now. And finally, the other little reference point that made me smile in this episode is the behavior of one Aphrodite. She appears to Rose as an old woman and tricks her. And that is just so the Venus from Cupid and Psyche. Last week, I talked about that story and the personality of the Venus in it, the Roman name of Aphrodite. And like I said, it really is much too long a story to even remotely do justice here, but a huge part of it involves Aphrodite putting Psyche through endless trials in order to get to her love, Cupid. And while it's often Hera who disguises herself as an old woman in order to trick women, usually ones Zeus has used for his uh, desires, it is generally a very on-brand thing for an Olympian god to do. They love a disguise, love a sneaky way of tricking mortals into doing their bidding. 
the gods did love to meddle in the lives of humans. And oh, 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 it really never went well for the humans. Another thing made very clear in yesterday's episode. Aphrodite really messed up. Oh, thank you all so much for listening, you lovely humans. As always, this is such a fun little bonus series, and I'm thrilled to be bringing it to you. Who doesn't want more mythology? Boring people, that's who. Next week, more Hades, more Underworld, and the last episode of this bonus series on Q Codes Cupid. Stay tuned, we do have fun. Let's Talk About Myths Baby is written and produced by me, Liv Albert. Michaela Smith is the Hermes to my Olympians and handles so many podcast-related things. Stephanie Foley works to transcribe the podcast for YouTube captions and accessibility. The podcast is hosted and monetized by Acast. Thank you once again to Q-Code for partnering with me on this. It has been a wild ride. I am Liv, and I love this shit quite a bit. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu L-A-S-I-K LASIK.com Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com One place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.